0: really focused on the scapegoated child today and the IP child or the child who is considered the identified patient. The identified patient of a dysfunctional family headed by a narcissist, often, very often, their personality structure contradicts or it is in conflict with the narcissistic parents and or grandparents. Sometimes, unconsciously, that is why They're selected as scapegoat because their personality structure seems to be totally opposite of the narcissistic parents and or grandparents. So unconsciously that sends off alarm bells to the narcissistic parents and or grandparents, meaning they have unresolved issues that they have not dealt with. Those unresolved issues can be anywhere from childhood trauma to alcoholism to addiction, to obsessive compulsive disorders, or whatever the narcissistic parents and or grandparents continue to deny that they have issues with. The identified patient, which is the scapegoated child, often alerts unconsciously or subconsciously those narcissistic grandparents and or grandparents that something is not quite right and they need to deal with it. Narcissistic parents and our grandparents, they usually project whatever they don't like about themselves or, again, whatever is unresolved with them onto a particular child. When a person factors in the components of epigenetics, transgenerational and intergenerational trauma, it's easy to see why some adult children of narcissistic parents and our grandparents continue to experience The aftermath of narcissistic abuse, even after going no contact, there is nothing to correct. If you take nothing else from this video, especially my stars, please remember that phrase. There is nothing to correct. It really isn't. It was never meant for you to fix or save or reach him or her. It was never meant to be that. Yesterday is gone forever. And so when nostalgia creeps up, remind yourself, and you know, you're not trying to repeat the past. You're not trying to relive the past. Yet, you're not to try to correct the past either because there's nothing to correct. Yesterday is gone. All right, so consider what influences you to be uncomfortable with being yourself. So, okay, this is part two. Getting to the root cause of fearing your voice, okay? Because sometimes we're in narcissist relationships. Okay, let's just face it. A person can become accustomed to not using their voice. Therefore, they may even have an identity crisis. They may not really be certain about who they are. Well, especially outside of the narcissist relationship. When you're inside of the when you're actively having a narcissist relationship, and I'm speaking from experience, you can get lost in the sauce. It's hard to remember sometimes who you are. Sometimes it's hard to even want to find out. You may not be in the mood to find out because you're dealing with sadness. You're dealing with anger. Then you may not want to manage your anger. Some people don't, you know, they talk about it. They use their voice, but then a lot of people start believing the narcissist instead of them, okay? So some people, they may just give up, unfortunately, and they may just drown out in the background of a narcissist relationship. They may dwarf in a narcissist relationship. They may even start to just uh, not use their voice at all. So they're silent. So then it's kind of like they are a phantom ghost in a relationship. They're a ghost or they're a phantom or they are somebody who disappears in the relationship. And the narcissist, unfortunately, they see that as a gain for them, okay? Because now they can do whatever, they feel they can do whatever they want. They already have a strong sense of entitlement. So when you fear using your own voice, unfortunately, it works to the advantage of the narcissist. Okay, so fear. So getting down to the root cause of uh, fearing using your own voice. Okay, so it's not about if the narcissist agrees with your experiences, but it's about your ability to tell the truth about what you've experienced, okay? So a uh, critical question, are you afraid of disapproval? Many of us who have had narcissist relationships, okay, we may cringe when we think about this or when we say this now, but we did care about what the narcissist thought of us. We wanted the validation, okay? We wanted the love, the respect, and, the whole nine, okay? So uh, as far as like disapproval from the narcissist, sometimes this this can be really a thing that is so, so painful that we just, we can't really fathom. And then when I'm just speaking in general here, you know, this may not resonate with you, but when a person is in a narcissist relationship, believe it or not, okay, for those who may be trying to learn about what it's like to be in a narcissist relationship, A person can be so fixated on pleasing the narcissist that they will sacrifice themselves. Okay. And this goes right into not using their voice. Okay. Just, you know, just experiencing that relationship, but not being vocal about what they're experiencing. And not only that, not even defending themselves against the narcissist. So if the narcissist says or does something, they don't want to... Um, hurt the narcissist. They don't want to step on the narcissist's toes. So instead, they will walk on eggshells. They will, you know, they will just swallow back whatever they were going to say. They may feel that anger. It might be right in the, you know, right in their throat or it might be in the pit of their stomach and it wants to come up. But that person is not saying anything. They're just hurting. They're angry. Okay, so that's where the mismanaged anger can come in. Because over time, that can happen. That anger can just build up and if you're not vocal about what you're experiencing, in other words, you're not expressing it, what's gonna happen it's gonna come out in one way or another, okay, so when a person is in a narcissist relationship, what often happens is that he or she is so consumed by that relationship, in other words, getting lost in the sauce that they not only not have a vo- don't have a voice but they don't have an identity, so it's kind of like they're they're fixated on the narcissist. It's kind of like they may have an obsessive, uh, personality. Unfortunately, some people do end up developing an obsessive personality, but some people who don't normally have that, they may look that way to onlookers or people on the outside looking in, which also may, uh, discourage him or her from using their voice because they're embarrassed or they're ashamed. Okay. They're in a narcissist relationship. Very often, the narcissist will project their shame onto others that they're getting supply from. That's part of the source supply, just being able to throw things off, you know, on other people and not really deal with their own stuff. In other words, a person who is a narcissistic personality, instead of them looking in the mirror and facing themselves and dealing with whatever they're, you know, going through or whatever is unresolved from their past, they will just project it onto other people. And so what may happen is that other person who's on the receiving end, they not only may not use their voice, but they're gonna perhaps feel shame. They're gonna feel embarrassed. They're gonna feel, it's, it's kind of eerie when you think about it. It's, it's almost like they're feeling what the narcissist has uh, just blocked off. So the shame, the embarrassment, the guilt that the narcissist may normally feel is being thrown off onto somebody else. And when a person is dealing with all of that, they may not feel very confident using their voice. And then that may also turn into them fearing using their own voice. And it may be very hard to get down to the root cause of that. It could be their childhood, not just the narcissist. You know, the narcissist is supposed to be dealing with that anyway. But a person who was on the receiving end or who is in a narcissist relationship with him or her, they may end up not using their voice at all. And then they may not know why they fear using their voice. It may be social anxiety. It may be because when they were a child, they were timid. And it could be a lot of things. It could be because they have a history of being abused uh, while growing up. It could be all, it can be all kinds of things. But one of the things that I have found is when a person finds the root cause of something that can be very powerful because they will know how to deal with it. It's kind of like I usually say, once you know how you got into the narcissist relationship, you'll know how to get out. Same thing. If you know the root cause of something, and this is what I've learned. Okay. So I'm just sharing. I've learned that once you know the root cause of something, you can better know how to to handle it or to resolve it altogether. You know, another thing that I often say is when you become your best problem solver, but not your only problem solver, that's very powerful. That goes right into not being afraid to use your voice. How can someone help you if you're being silent? But if you use your voice and you ask for help, then you are a person at that time who is becoming their best problem solver, not their only problem solver. And that ties right into seeking wise counsel. The key word being wise. Some people, you just never know. You start talking, somebody can perhaps help you. And I'm sharing this from experience. Because when I first learned about the narcissistic stuff, I didn't want to talk about it at all, okay? There's other things that I've experienced in my past. I didn't want to talk about it and I didn't talk about it for a while. But when I started to use my voice, an amazing thing happened, and that was other people were willing to help me. Not everybody, but there were certain people that were willing to help me. Now, I would not have experienced that if I did not learn how to use my voice, if I wasn't even interested in at least trying to use my voice, okay? So getting down to the root cause of why you may be afraid to use your voice is very powerful. Now you know when a person may uh, say they may uh, go ahead and they may confront, well, that's not the right word. They may defend themselves right against the narcissist. The narcissist is saying something, they're doing something. so they may become vocal. person may stand up to the narcissist right? Not to be confrontational, but to, to defend themselves, to practice personal boundaries. It's not about if the narcissist agrees with what your experiences are in that relationship with him or her. It really is about you're telling the truth about what you've experienced. So telling the truth about it is very powerful as well. Just getting all, you know, just practicing using your voice is very powerful. But when you start to express what you have experienced, it doesn't matter if the other person agrees with every detail of your experiences is about your practicing using your voice. okay So therefore you will become a person who is accustomed to not only using your voice but to expressing anything that may occur in a relationship. You may have a best friend and they may have um, say for instance, they have neglected to they neglected to tell you something that was very important. you know maybe you were up for a project, right? And that was a very important project, and it could have made you some more money, right? Or you're in business or something, and you were counting on your best friend to tell, to give you a piece of information, but they failed. Okay, so you may feel some kind of way about it, right? So what do you do? Do you keep it to yourself, or do you become vocal about it? See, if you become vocal about it, that's your, that's that's a way that you can express who you are. Okay, I don't wanna jump ahead, right? But when you start practicing using your voice, you're actually teaching people more about yourself. People, you're opening yourself up to being known, not just to know somebody else, okay? So unfortunately with narcissists, it's not like that. It doesn't go down that way. First of all, they're not interested in the connection. They want the control. So they don't care about who you are. (laughs) So that kind of goes hand in hand with being silent. They prefer you quiet and just to take it, just sit, you know, just shut up and sit down and take it, right? So the narcissist, they don't care about who you are. They don't care where you've been, where you're going. Just as long as it supplies them, that's all they care about, right? So when you get down to the root of why you may be afraid of using your own voice, again, it's very powerful. So never mind. you know, if you confront your narcissist about something, or, you know, I I was saying that that's not a good word confront, because that may sound like you're trying to, you know, go head to head with them. And I wouldn't advocate that. I don't suggest that. I don't advise that. Uh, But, you know, if you are defending yourself, right, you're just expressing what you're experiencing in that relationship to the narcissist. It doesn't matter if they agree with you or not. It doesn't matter if they, if they trust you you are not because a lot of narcissists, they don't trust anybody anyway. A lot of people have trust issues. Okay. You don't have to be a narcissist to have trust issues, but we're just, we're talking about the narcissist right now, how they make it very difficult to even connect in a relationship, which that also can influence a person not to, you know, want to talk about it very much because they're hurting. They're angry. You know, maybe their, uh, self-esteem, maybe their, um, confidence is taking a hit because they have been, repeatedly let down they've been repeatedly put down by the narcissist okay because it tends to go hand in hand you know double the narcissist is putting you down but then what comes right behind it is that they will let you down okay so on one hand they're insulting and on the other hand it's like they're you know they're thumbing their nose at you they're making fun of you because they may think that you're a weak person Okay, because you're still in the relationship with him or her and they feel like they're getting away with all kinds of shenanigans, right? So, but again, they don't look at the aftermath. They don't look at the consequences of obtaining and maintaining narcissistic supply. They often salivate over the rewards of what they think they're going to get by having a narcissist relationship. But they usually have several narcissist relationships, but narcissists, they don't do healthy relationships anyway. They tend to do toxic relationships or relationships whereas there's not any personal boundaries being practiced, which is another, again, another thing about using the voice. When you use your voice and when you're vocal about what you don't like, what you like, you know, in the relationship, when you're vocal, when you're expressing what you're experiencing, that's another way of what practicing personal boundaries. That is also another way of practicing mindfulness because you're being mindful of where the narcissist what the narcissist is doing, where they are in their relationship, or where you stand with him or her, how you're experiencing. It's just mindfulness. You're aware of what's going on. You don't, you're not gonna know everything, of course. But when you are aware of where you are. In your own life, instead of trying to please the narcissist, that's very powerful. You know, because you get to the point where you don't care about where you stand with him or her. Because you know where they stand with you. How about that one? Right? When you know where the narcissist stands with you, that's another way of expressing what you're experiencing. Because you really don't have to say anything. It's in your deeds. It's in your actions. And the narcissist probably won't even care about, you know, they may not even notice that you are very clear you're crystal clear on where they stand with you you're not worried about where you stand with them see how that works it's very powerful so getting down to the root cause right of why you may be fearing using your voice goes hand in hand with your fear of disapproval from a narcissist do you want to please them so much that you will you know, just, just swallow back <laughs> what you want to say, not saying being confrontational, right? Because a person could be diplomatic about when they don't like something, right? They can, they can, they can express what they don't like, right? Without putting anybody on a defense. But narcissists tend to act like they are they are offended a lot, right? That's another trick. You know, they act like they offended and that's all to get you to what dwarf in the relationship be quiet just take it right (laughs) all right so are you afraid of disapproval